Well, hello everybody, my name's Toby Haydoke and this is Happy Times and Places, in which I am challenged by a friend to watch a Doctor Who story, to commentate along all the while, seeing if I can guess what my friend's favourite thing about each episode is. Hello, I'm Martin Geraghty and I'm one of the long-standing artists on the Doctor Who magazine comic strip and more recently a member of the animation team on the Missing Episodes Productions. Um, Toby has very kindly asked me to contribute to his podcast and the story I've chosen is The Horror of Fang Rock from 1977 which is one of those base under siege stories that Doctor Who does uh, so well uh, and it's very probably my most rewatched um, Doctor Who story, to be honest. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, that voice that you heard at the beginning was Martin Geraghty, as he said, uh, whose name has appeared and indeed whose art has appeared in the pages of Doctor Who magazine and on your TV screens if you have seen most of the Doctor Who missing episodes animations so he's a multi-talented fellow he lives not very far from here in a strange way that doctor who seems to converge uh, on me at the strangest of coincidental times i'm sure we all feel like that i'm not saying i'm particularly special uh but what i mean is, is it's it's uh it's odd how yeah i don't know i seem to find myself adjacent to doctor who people um just at times when I then end up working with them and the adjacentness often has very little to do with it. It's very odd. Uh, Martin also lent me his copy of Tomato Cane by Nigel Neal, first edition, um, which has caused me great terror because I'm, I'm sure I said to him, please don't lend it to me. I'm frightened of losing it. Uh, and he lent it to me at, at the Guinness Book of Records um, celebration of Doctor Who magazine. Uh which was in London, and he gave it to me in a plastic bag. And I'm like, I've now got to move around London and get a train back to Manchester. And I've, I've woken up a couple of times in the night and gone, where's that book? Where's that book? Because I've moved house a couple of times since, you know, and you would just be... And then I've got, oh, found it. Found, but I, I mean, literally got up at three o'clock in the morning to scour the house and go, where did I keep it? Oh! Um, and now the book has been re-released. Uh, the first edition is still worth an awful lot, uh, but I have a I have a re-released copy for practical usage now. So um, uh, to, very high on my to-do list is to give Martin his cursed but very generously lent book back. Uh, so that's one 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 or two fewer sleepless nights I can have over the next few decades, because uh, <laughs> I'm prone to, as I say, at four o'clock in the morning suddenly remember something that oh my god where is it um anyway uh, the horror of fang rock uh, no the no uh, definite article uh horror of fang rock uh i have on dvd uh but i don't even need to go and get it or check that it's there it is there because i also have it on britbox which tells me that uh, i have uh, 23 minutes remaining uh, uh, I think it's because it started at the end of my last go so I'm going to watch from the beginning but however you choose to watch it I hope that waffle has given you time as we press watch from the beginning or play or select or whatever you want to press on the second episode uh, which uh, I hope won't find us on the rocks of the horror no not the horror just horror of fang rock I was racking my brains when uh, 
watching the first episode going, why, why, why wasn't this always a 10 out of 10 for me? It definitely is now. And it's always been a, a book I'd had great affection for. So there must have been a time in between sort of getting used to these pictures uh, and and reading the book where I saw it for the first couple of times and found disappointments within it. And I, I seem to call, yeah, there was always this, the, the, the model work uh, was, was an issue and the monster's not fantastic. And there's a, there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of chitter chatter between Doctor and Monster when everything sort of pauses uh, in the final episode. But uh, it's a, I forgive it all of those things now because I just think there is so much high quality going on as well. And isn't just Tom Baker and that's aren't the photos of that? Because Colin Douglas is the is the main guest star. I'm sure there's there's you know publicity photos of of Tom with Colin Douglas, you know, on the uh, uh, you know on the viewing gallery part of the of the uh, of of the lighthouse and it's a great image tom baker staring out from a from a a fog bound lighthouse such a sort of you know it's a fairly straightforward simple set but it's a great great setting and they've done well to suggest you know that we're outside even though this is an entirely studio bound story with you know a couple of days filming but also in a studio interior so i think they do a fantastic job yeah that boat's not great and there's clearly nobody on it even though they've they've you know dubbed a few screams and bits of dialogue on it and i remember because i'd got the i'd got this i think as a, a an edited compilation from super channel uh, and i'd also got another version that had the closing credits i i when i sort of copied my version together from the two sources i'd got it from i i i didn't want a, a version with no credits and and the flare was a very useful uh uh, guide to uh, enable me to edit the the cliffhanger in uh, because it was sort of moving across the sky and I know I tried it a couple of times and that flare jumped and I knew I'd got it right when it was you know perfect even though there's a change in quality from color to sort of almost black and white uh, but I wanted the credits because especially as things happen with the credits uh, particularly episode four um, uh, of horror fang rock well, only episode four, actually, but we'll get to that when I get to episode four. Um, but I didn't want episode four's credits to be the only credits I had. One, because I like watching in episodes and I like the cliffhangers and I like the credits. Um, but but also because episode four's are atypical, brilliant acting there from Louise Jameson, who shows that she's quite enjoying doing this novel thing of, uh, of uh, making the foghorn sound. Um, Oh, I'd forgotten that there's a bit of film work with with Colin Douglas and and John Abbott here in the uh, in the in the studio, film studio stuff. Uh, I just I'd, I think I'd just got it in my head that it was that it was Tom Baker and uh, Louise J. So, <laughs> Colin Douglas uh, uh, reiterating the subtext there that uh, oh, but that's brilliant. But of course. Uh, that helps the doctor because Colin Duck is going, ah, oh, cursed electricity wouldn't happen with oil. And the doctor's going, ah, no, it wouldn't. And ah, this is a monster that is, has has some connection with electricity, which is because this story is very cleverly written. Uh, yeah, Louise Jameson does lovely little touches that you need actors to do in this multi-camera world because sometimes they have to get from A to B or... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a largely movement, but occasionally um, uh, bridging a scene or whatever. And if you keep acting, now there's there's what looks like yes, uh, a, a sort of radioactive pea um, that's with 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 sort of 
tendrils with snot hanging off it. Uh, it's it's not the most successful creature, the rutan, but uh, it's it's largely half glimpsed or miles away, so it's okay. Uh, and as I say, I, I think it probably affected my enjoyment when I first saw this. As as I have to be honest, most Doctor Who stories that I'd read first as target books you know, took some getting used to when the movies I'd imagined in my head were studio-bound videotaped drama. But of course now, uh, where I'm so used to this stuff and less self-conscious about it, uh, I'm able to see, uh, you know, uh, reality in what is, I think to a modern viewer, probably obviously artificial. Um, and, and I would get annoyed with my past self. This is all beautiful. So we've had the lovely great uh stuff in episode one where doctor who calls vince mr hawkins and leela calls him vince and he says to adelaide i'm i'm vince mum vince hawkins and she says thank you hawkins uh, she's being nice she thinks but that automatically says to us oh my god these people are awful and uh, colin douglas looks like he's sort of waiting to come on then which he also does in enemy of the world there's a scene in enemy of the world where you can see him as donald bruce in i think episode two uh waiting uh, uh so i think i think we can accept that one because it could be oh he stopped and he's eavesdropping and in fact i do read it like that and yeah i do read it that he's he's eavesdropping and then he comes in i don't think it's a miscue uh i love that brilliant piece of acting that you've got there that you've got tom baker's doctor grinning at the ridiculous superstition uh and leela taking it absolutely seriously it's brilliant considering these two weren't getting on at this point their 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 characters are simpatico or 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 not or they're they're working at odds with each other but deliberately so it's good it's good business from the actors but it's not antagonistic that it's it's the doctor going silly old goat and leela going oh this wise old man has the key to the mysteries beautiful and now that's the famous scene where tom baker rushes through the door and so paddy russell holds the camera on louise jameson because she wanted him to stay at the door Adelaide uh, doesn't approve of the Doctor because he puts his feet up. He's so insolent. I like that uh, because he doesn't like them uh, because he knows that somebody on the ship was being a fool. Uh, no, but I'm full of ideas. Tom Baker is at the height of his powers in this. Um, and again, I love that, that he's, you know, he's polite to, you know, he's he's not he's not just insolent because he's, a brooding alien time lord he's you know he, he accords vince the respect that vince deserves because he's a nice young man but also you know important to the running of the lighthouse whereas these interlopers from the planet snob uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, and and we get just the little the little bits of character dynamic we've got there skinsale doing his army stories and palmerdale uh showing that he's uh he doesn't like him. The wet gentleman is Lord Palmerdale is a brilliant line. Um, and I love the character of Skinsale because he is, we like him. He's quite heroic. He's dryly funny, but actually he's deeply, deeply flawed. And it's only, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's well written that, that he's a character who's flawed, but Alan Rowe also makes him terribly likable. Um, but actually, if you examine what he is and what he does, he's awful. All these people are awful. Uh, and it's very clever writing. Um, and I love that, that the doctor goes, ah, oh, you want to get to London? You haven't got a chance. I think that's absolutely brilliant. The doctor makes no uh, 
pretense of uh, hiding the fact that he thinks these people are god awful. Um, interesting casting too. Sean Caffrey he was an Irish actor uh, playing the the the, the, the posh lord. Uh, he was in uh, Galloping Galaxies and also Edge of Darkness. Uh, and Dara Carville, who writes The Bay on ITV, um, tried to put me in touch with uh, Sean Caffrey um, when I was doing my Who's Round, but um, it, it turned out he was quite poorly, and he, he and then Dara got in touch and said, actually, he's, he's died. So, uh, uh, But he was he was an actor that had a... a, a, a yeah, he's got a nice part in uh, Edge of Darkness. He uh, He's the one that uh, kills, uh, kills one of the main characters in the first episode. Um... Ah, uh, uh, and another Irish actor who I love here, Rio Fanning, uh, who I did interview for Who's Round, didn't remember being in Doctor Who at all, <laughs> but an interesting fellow. Now, sadly, no longer with us. He was married to Karen Ford, who was in Grange Hill, uh, and also wrote several episodes of EastEnders under the pseudonym Michael Robartes. Uh, he also wrote under the name Rio Fanning, but then then adopted a pen name to make his tax easier. Um, and he's dragged in the carry uh, the the body of uh, Ben, which uh, is important, which we have had seeded in episode one. Uh, do you think the beast ate him? I love that. Uh, but all of what the Rutan is doing is tying in with the with the uh, the idea of this terrible creature um which which leads leela to question in the way that that she does but of course doctor who has a brilliant no 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 it's a, it's not a, a beast just being a beastly thing it's doing a post-mortem and that's a fantastic idea that that uh, that the creature uh, is is doing something that we understand as you know 20th 21st century humans um, it makes it all plausible it gives it a, a a reality underlining the story of a lighthouse under siege from a glowing golf ball of doom uh, uh it gives vince uh the the idea that there's walking corpses which then ties in with the superstition element of it which gives it its, its atmosphere uh, even though we kind of know no 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 Ancient superstitious creatures are nonsense, but futuristic alien ones, they're perfectly plausible. It's this weird sort of duality we always have going on when we're when we're watching Doctor Who is that you, you know, you do. You, it's brilliant, this story, because you sort of spend a lot of time going, well, no, obviously the nonsense old story that the old guys bang in on about uh, is is obviously ridiculous. The more the more the, the, the more sensible explanation is that there's a shape shifting alien from the far future. Ha <laughs> um, I love all of this hanging from the yard art Hendry. It's mutiny. Brilliant sort of sardonic Colonel Skinsale. Uh, Harker I love as a character because he's uh, often working class or, or, or yeah, well, working class or, or um, uh, 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 regional characters in Doctor Who are often, you know, can, of, can often be slightly arch, slightly overwritten, slightly patronising. Uh, whereas Harker, again, we see the Doctor defer very much to Harker. Harker is really important because he's the practical seaman. I love Vince. He's so sweet. Um, John, John Abbott is just so likeable. Um, and, and, I, and I love the way that they, they treat his character. Um, and I and I love the, the 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 dynamic between the the two of them, which really gives us the the deep foreboding that the story needs. Well, this lot don't quite understand what's going on. Vince doesn't understand what's going on in a different way. He's scared of ghosts from the past, whereas these ones have got their mind on completely trivial things. That, as it turns out, 
will will lead to most of their downfalls, which is very interesting. Um, uh, love all of this. Uh, and Tom Tom Baker has such a brilliant intensity. And again, I like he's been with Vince, sort of saying, you know, Harker, yeah, you've got to you've got to get some you've got to get some rest. Um, and and uh, at, at Adelaide is 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 one is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I love, love all of that. <laughs> she she doesn't approve of Leela and uh, <laughs> Lord Palmerdale ribs her. The 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 economy with which these characters are drawn and they're all very well cast uh, is is superb. And this to me is is Doctor Who at its greatest. It goes. What are our assets? We ca we can't do vast sets. Let's set it in a very small area where we just have a few good sets. Uh, we can't really show the monster, so let's have a shape-changing one that turns into people or is glimpsed from afar. Uh, what does that leave us with? Sort of atmosphere. What creates atmosphere? Well, spooky lines. Really good actors. What do really good actors need? Characters that are well written. Okay, I'll write some good characters. I write some foreboding, spooky lines, and I'll and I'll write an anticipation and fear uh, that again the actors kind of have to give us. What makes it Doctor Who? The fact that it's shot through with a, a sort of mordant wit, uh, uh, and the fact that we got two brilliant leads that we can we can have, you know, spark off each other with all and and give all of the the sort of the nonsense as it were you know real depth and import and drive it with a with a you know again that that foreboding that tom baker at his brooding best gives it and louise jameson at a sort of uh, uh, absolute insistence on taking taking the situation seriously even though she is a character with a sense of humor so she knows so she can still keep it light it's it's i mean it's alchemy for me it's 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 tv gold I love this story and 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 the costuming. I mean, the, she looks fantastic in that costume, um, and you know, it's just a jumper and a pair of leggings. But she looks practical and she looks of the period and she's sexy. It's great, uh, and and Tom Baker just suits that 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 lighter tweed, I think, and that 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 fur lining on the on the jacket. Uh, and it doesn't look too bulky and heavy as he sometimes does. I mean, it's still a brilliant silhouette, but I think this is a particularly fine example of it. And music by Dudley Simpson not going to do us any harm either. Um, and this is great because, you know, you feel the kind of danger of them going outside. And they, in fact, they've gone outside a lot more than I remember. I, d I don't really think of, when I think of this story, I don't think of the scene of them with uh, with, with with Vincent uh, Reuben in, in in the in the rocks and I don't really think of 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 this scene I I think uh, I think more of you know obviously them being trapped in the lighthouse uh, but I think it's desperate and I think it's cunning cunning is a great word um, you know it tells you everything you need to know and look and that's just yeah we've got the we've got the green light and the trademark noise that we're starting to uh, associate with the creature with the beast uh, again it's it's economy it's spooky it's wait, we barely say you know that is more successful than the than the long shot of the uh, you know the, the what looks like the uh, martian's eyeball being you know thwacked out pulled out of its socket and dragged dragged across a rocky terrain uh um 
and you do you really believe that these characters know each other uh and alan rowe is my so alan rowe has been in the moon base as dr evans uh and he's a fool i love all of this I'm a, i was a fool and a scoundrel uh, and 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 clear, you know, they've 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 had some sort of arrangement, uh, but Palmerdale's not going to be used, able to use skin sales information. We don't really know much of what all this is a, is about, but uh, but I love that I'm an officer and a gentleman. You're a jumped up little money grabber for all your title. It's beautiful stuff, and it speaks of sort of class and position and where different elements of it have different uses. Um, and again, we should, I mean, we, we, we don't like Palmerdale. He's a prick. Um, but we do, we do like Skinsale and, and yet they're, but you know, they're both dishonest, uh, but it's cause Alan Rowe has such sort of charm and he's, yeah, he's been Edward of Wessex in, in the Time Warrior, uh, Dr. Evans in the moon base neither of them particularly brilliant parts but he's a he's a character actor par excellence and also the partner of jeffrey bailden uh who has not yet been in doctor who but uh said he was seen for he was spoken to when they were casting it first time round, and uh, obviously turns up as organon in creature from the pit um and i had the pleasure of uh speaking to Jeffrey at his home but Alan had died by then and then Alan comes back in full circle as Gareth so Alan does four Doctor Who's which is uh, which is a, 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 a pretty good uh, and hefty contribution and all all reasonable parts but I think this is his best one uh, and he's brilliant in it and Skinsale is is one of my favourite uh, favourite Doctor Who characters I think I love this, Tom Baker. I think we're in terrible trouble. Do not be afraid, Doctor. This is so good that there's something about Tom Baker's, you know, sonorous voice and and classical acting presence where he can say, I think we're in terrible trouble. And it just resounds in a way that not all Doctors, I think, can and that's no disrespect to them i love all the doctors but i do think tom baker is so good at uh at, at the at the sort of at, at setting the atmosphere and import and um rio fanning gets his um lines out in slightly the wrong order here but it doesn't really matter because he's acting that i've just woken up and i don't quite know where i am uh, rather nicely so I don't even know if that's a mistake that might have been a mistaken rehearsal that they sort of kept because it kept, keeps it real uh, um, and I like the fact that they don't make a, a fool of Harker here and that you know Palmerdale so patronising and Harker just goes oh yeah you want to get money uh, and it was all your fault that we and, oh, was, and we hear about the captain so there are obviously there were other people on that ship who didn't actually make it uh, which is which is pretty grim when you think about it, um, and, uh, and and I like the fact that uh, yeah Harker kind of goes screw you you're you're terrible, uh, and and it and it and and the fact that the that the survivors from the boat all have their sort of problems uh, with each other adds to the tense dynamic uh, within the lighthouse and that really helps. And I love this bit. 
Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning we might all be dead. And then he grins anyone interested. I mean, only in Doctor Who. Because it's not undermining the situation. It's not sending up the situation. It is still deadly serious, but it's a black mordant humour that somehow Tom Baker can channel in a pitch perfect way so he can deliver it like a gag but it but it doesn't send up the situation and it doesn't puncture the atmosphere what it does is it actually adds to it because the doctor is this crazy unpredictable alien who unsettles these people and who deals with a dangerous situation with this sort of unpredictable humour uh, that, 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 that kind of adds to the 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 gloom in a way it makes the black you know it makes it a sort of black sardonic fog uh, uh, you know in, enveloping the story in the very language and the very performances that tell it i th i think it's so good um R ruben is not really <laughs> helping vince here <laughs> going well, there were three, and two, two, yeah, two, two of them died, and one went mad. So that, that that's not great for us, for us three guys. Uh, but actually, what happens here is that Reuben, having scared Vince, says, "I'll go and do the job that you were supposed to go and do because you're shaking and you're too scared to hold a shovel." Um, but in so doing, that 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 kills Reuben because Reuben now is about is about to die. Um, which uh, which he wouldn't have done had he stayed up and done the job he was supposed to do and sent Vince. Vince would have gone down and be killed. So he sort of, in scaring Vince, he has sort of saved his life, as it turns out, um, not not for long. But um, but and and this silence where I will cut out your heart. Ah, oh. <laughs> the fact that the doctor gives that little sort of grin, not of, of, as though he doesn't really sort of approve of it, but he's quite amused that it's happened. Um, uh, so that's the, that's actually this is the last we see of uh, of uh, Reuben. Oh no, we see him seeing Ben's body, doesn't he? And and oh, and, and the fact that 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 Leela can pick up the fact that it's that it's getting colder because she's Leela, because she's a creature of, you know, instinct and blah de blah and, and used to... So this is, yeah, this is the last we see of Reuben. And it's actually quite sweet that uh, that what he does is he, uh, yeah, he, give, he, he, he checks his boiler and he does his job and that's a lovely bit of character acting business. But he sees Ben's corpse, doesn't he, and, and, and gives it the, the sign of the cross, which is, uh, you know, him you know acknowledging his dead friend and doing the you know doing the proper the decent thing um but now uh, he's going to get killed we don't realize this till the end of the next episode well i suppose we probably do but uh but this is another unusual episode ending i i don't think the scream is the most convincingly rendered in terms of the way that it's fed into the it's fed into the soundscape uh, which is a which is a shame, but nonetheless, I still think it's a it's a really interesting episode ending. Unlike unlike a typical Doctor Who episode ending, because it's a kind of um, you know, it's not a moment of imminent danger for the for the Doctor and Leela, our two heroes, but it is uh, uh, you know, it's 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 a scream in the night. It's a hang on you know is 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 something is something inside 
the 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 lighthouse somebody's gone and you know the these these stories are all about you know who's going to get picked off next now i don't think you'd expect it to be reuben because he's the kind of you know he's the senior lighthouse guy uh but as we will see it's not as straightforward as that because suddenly we get elements now of uh you know the thing uh, before the thing um and the thing from another world that it's based on doesn't i don't, doesn't quite have the the shape changery thing to the extent that the thing uh has where you know this is a creature that can uh, morph into the bodies rather cheaply therefore of the fine character actors uh that we uh, that that we have in the story in fact it doesn't uh, doesn't disguise itself as oh it only actually disguises itself as uh, as 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 Ruben doesn't it so yeah they could interestingly they could have done more with that you probably would now um have a sort of few more is you know is that really the person that we think it is uh, we only really get it with Ruben and it's not as we will discover it's not uh, the you know they they don't make a big secret of what's going on they decide to you know it's, it's given away long before the the brilliant cliffhanger for next week but nonetheless nonetheless uh it's it's another it's an it's another dimension to the story that works and that helps to give it its atmosphere and it gives us next week's cliffhanger which we will talk about next time but that is a brilliant and thrilling installment of doctor who um so last week i said it was uh or last last edition i said it was a uh, it was the terence dix script with the economy i mean uh, you, you know i could have said that this week as well with the the economy the the foreboding the characters the wit um i i think i think this week it has to be i just think they're on such tip-top form uh, the Doctor and Leela and the relationship between the two, the way they're written by Dix, the way that their performances seem to gel when they need to and to be at odds when they need to be. Um, and, and the fact that we know that actually this is a time when, when Tom Baker wasn't being particularly nice to Louise Jameson and yet they still manage to have a great bond between them They and they do the... They do the dialogue back and forth very, very well. And him going, we're in trouble. And her going, don't worry, we'll postcards, we'll be fine. You know, I love it when Leela sort of reassures the Doctor when he's doing this sort of doom lady thing. Not because he looks scared, but because but because that's what she does. That's her job. But also the the, the, the humour, um, the fact that they're, you know, they're both acting at times that just gives the scenes an extra little something. Like when Ruben's given his Beast of Fangrock stuff and the Doctor's smiling. This is rubbish, and Lena's going. Oh my god, this sounds terrible! And then he looks at her and realizes that they're both coming from completely different places. His reaction to her silence, or I will cut out your heart. That line, silence, or I will cut out your heart, is glorious. Tom Baker's "This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning we might might all be dead." Anyone interested? Is a great line, and it's delivered absolutely perfectly, and then topped off with that dazzling grin uh his performance is pitched perfectly of when to be funny when to be when to be doom laden and when to be funny but in a way that the funniness actually kind of helps with the tension rather than undermines it and yet isn't glib um you, you know it's it's there to help stop the whole thing being 
too blooming gloomy, but it's still quite mordant and dark. It's a, you know, yeah, it's a, it's there's a sort of, you know, cynicism in the face of, you know, abject horror uh, that just, again, I think is just pitch perfect. So for me, I mean, I love Tom Baker and Louise Jameson anyway. I love the Doctor and Leela anyway. But I think the alchemy between them, which, you know, partially to do with the writing and partially to do with the performance and maybe partially to do with where they are with each other as actors uh, and, and maybe the fact that, um, you know, throw Paddy Russell into the mix as well, who's uh, not getting on with Tom Baker, um, admires Louise Jameson. Uh, so all of this stuff is all adding to to whatever it is is going on. But w- whatever it does, it does not produce because often, you know, di- difficult things off screen um, reflect the on screen product. If if anything, it, I don't know, it seems to help with uh, with this because I think they're on wonderful form. Tom Baker is such a good actor. We forget that sometimes when, you know, oh, he was born to play Doctor. He's Tom Baker. He's, oh, you know, I was big in Abu Dhabi and uh, aunties, aunties love me, their titties tingle. You go, yeah, yeah, but you could also, I would also love to have seen your Titus Andronicus, you know, or whatever. You've got dramatic heft. You've got, you've got real wit. You've got real presence. He is, he is when he wants to be. Tom Baker is, you know, is 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 an actor as strong as any. He just also happens to have been born to play Doctor Who. He's so good. So I think Tom and Louise and their dynamic, the fourth Doctor and Leela, um, and that sort of mordant dark wit uh, encapsulated by the this lighthouse is under attack. But um, I mean, so many other things I could have chosen. I love all those characters. I love Skinsale. I love the economy with which their stories are all told. I love Harker. Um, uh, but they're, they're all good and they all get some brilliant lines and there's some, yeah, the wet gentleman is Lord Farnamdale, the wit the, the, with which uh, Terence Dix peppers peppers the dialogue of his characters um, and, and again the economy with which all of that stuff is done uh, and, you know, the fact that it's uh, a lighthouse under siege uh, and, and the atmosphere is creeping in and, you know, the outside is getting scarier and scarier and, you know, soon they're going to have to lock the doors uh, and, and you know, they get more enclosed and more enclosed with, you know, uh, a, a, a rampant beast uh, walking around and picking them off. But no, Doctor and Leela, um, for all of those reasons, I said, what has Martin Gerrity chosen? Right, now episode two. Episode one, uh, the cliffhanger to episode one, ends with a thoroughly disreputable but wonderfully realised group of cads and hangers-on crashing into the story in another plot masterstroke by Terence. Um, During this time, a script editor on the Pertwee era, Dix often portrayed the Doctor as a kind of clubbable gent, um, usually on first-name terms with members of the establishment, Uh, like Lord Tubby Rowlands, for example, although you don't really know if he's just... uh, if this is all bluster on the part of the Doctor, but uh, it's certainly easy to believe that Pertwee goes and sits in wood-panelled gentlemen's dens drinking port of an evening. Um, But obviously, Tom's fourth Doctor is a completely different kettle of fish, and uh, Dix manages to invest a character with a, a barely disguised disdain for the recent castaways, 
uh, although Tom's alleged bad temper throughout filming probably emphasises this even more. But the introduction of these these wonderful characters um, is a great plot point and just um, creates more tension and adds to the suspense surrounding the whole location and storyline. Ah, so... I like what he described there as barely disguised disdain. I did touch upon that, uh, and it is a key element of the episode, uh, you know, and, and I love that, yeah. You want to get to London? You've no chance. The, the fact that he's, he's, he's not only disdainful of them, he's, he's sort of uh, uh, d- deliberately cruel in places. Um, and, and, you know, it's that alien detachment, which, which I, I love where, you know, he, he sort of loftily presides over people having petty earthly squabbles. And the great thing about Doctor Who as a character and as a programme is it says all your little concerns, all the little hills you want to die on, all the little fiefdoms that you have that buff, buff you up and say how important you are, or all the petty concerns that bother you too much, that, that they make you selfish and avaricious and inquisitive. The, the, the Doctor is above all of that because the Doctor has seen the whole of time and space from the beginning to the end and everything in between. And our petty little fiefdoms and concerns and squabbles are, are, are what is it flea bitings you know to him uh you know gnats farts to to him but or them uh because because the doctor you know the, the, sees the bigger picture and and so often the limits of humanity are shown when we as human beings fail to see the bigger picture because we're too busy, you know, looking looking at our own, you know, tiny screen or even worse in the, the, our own mirror. Um, and, I, and I love it when Doctor Who does that because that is quite aspirational. That says rise above all the things that you think are important, most of which aren't. Um, now, in Doctor Who, it's usually because there's a marauding alien beastie out there who's going to you know chew your feet off but the wider message is you know there's a there's there's, there's a whole universe of wonder out there as well as a universe of terror so as well as you should have eyes on the big things that are scary and eat you up you should also have eyes on the things that make you ascend beyond the sort of confines of your you know class status as with these characters or money uh uh, or you or you know whatever horrible deal that you, you that, that Skinsale and Palmerdale have come up with um uh and and you know and I I love I love that sort of loftiness that the doctor has when it is deployed properly and when and when to, and Tom Baker has that a sort of olympian detachment uh it, it, which is more appealing to me than and I know sometimes it's satirized when when Pertwee does it and the the Tubby Rowlands thing yeah could could be seen as the doctor actually taking advantage of that stuff and taking the piss out of it but 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 we is a bit more clubbable he's 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 he doesn't quite he doesn't do the sort of lofty olympian detachment thing that uh, that that Baker does at his best um and that's why I think when Baker does it it has an extra it has an extra dimension um that the yeah that the doctor's eye is on is on something else and that's that that's that's a sort of darker version of the positive message that the show has about you know reaching for the stars seeing beyond our confines uh you know it's it's it could be all sort of used as a weapon against us as well to sort of go you are very limited if you if you allow yourselves to be um and and that really helps with those character dynamics i i don't think i can get a point for that though can i 
I, I think I was close, but I don't think uh, close, but no cigar, which, of course, is what uh, the third doctor would be smoking with Colonel Skinsale <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the club. No doubt. I wonder if they probably knew each other. <laughs> That's not to diss Pertwee, by the way. I've, I've talked to how brilliant Pertwee is and, 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 and has different qualities. I'm just talking about in this particular area. I think it, it particularly suits Tom Baker's, you know, maudlin godlikeness, if you can have such a thing, uh, that, that very much puts us in our place, you know. Um, Russell T. Davis, of course, has a slightly different spin on that when he goes, you know, he celebrates the sort of the beans on toast ele elements of humanity. And that's a, that's another great thing as well to sort of say, yeah, for all the highfalutin stuff, uh, you know, don't be ashamed of enjoying uh, the little simple pleasures either, because the small, beautiful things are what life is all about, as another doc said. So it's all it's all complicated, but I but I love it. And it's interesting. And it's that it's that pull we have between the Doctor Who, which is a which is a show about outer space in the universe but often made with things you've got in your drawer uh and, and it's the the clash of those two things which can sometimes create um a wonderful sort of ramshackle harmony and sometimes can create a sort of thought-provoking dissonance uh, uh and both of those things are equally important and i'm loving talking about Doctor Who in this way, all prompted by a story about just a group of people getting picked off by a monster in a lighthouse. But it's so much more than that. It's a really fine example of Doctor Who from one of its great exponents uh, on, a, on the typewriter and to, you know, two of its two of its finest regulars with a flawless guest cast, brilliant director, great design. Uh, and it's also a period piece, which I love about it as well, because Doctor Who lends itself to that, and the BBC are very good in it. And, my God, it was made in Birmingham. Oh, what the devil was that? Sheer brilliance, that's what it was. Thank you ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest is Martin Geraghty, who is far too sensible to be on any social media, but you can find various examples of his prolific work online. I'm grateful to Martin, lovely fellow, and to the patrons who make this podcast possible. And they include Martin Cook, Matt Corner, Ben Cowdell, Peter Crocker, Philip Craggs, Lee Kremin, Steve Cuniff, Dave Curran, Simon Curtis, Paul Philip Dahlgren, Matt Dale, Rob Dawson, Chris Davis, Hugh Davies, Robert Davies, Shanti Day, Ian Dean, Tim Dickinson, Drew, Paul Dykes, Andrew East, Jeff Edwards, Andrew Egan, Mark Findlay-Smith, Paul Gibbons, David Gillespie, Charles Gears, Ginger Animator, Lisa Gletthill, Robin Grone, and Paul J. Guest. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to be included in the names read in the closing credits, well, you can become a patron of Toby Haydoke's Time Travels, which is what these podcasts are called. I would think you probably know that. Uh, <laughs> patronage involves going to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. I feel like an absolute git doing this, but it is the way of these things these days. And it genuinely does help me to spend time doing this stuff uh, properly and hopefully to a decent technical standard as well as you know having proper music and um, spending time editing these you know to a 
to 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 a to a standard that uh, makes them um, hopefully you know sound and feel professional and not like somebody pop pop popping uh, into an iPhone or some such uh, and to you know do do things again if they don't quite work and just generally I hope make these broadcastable uh, and that all takes time and so the patron uh, model really works for this. Uh, and costs you as little as £3 per month uh, also helps to keep these ad-free. I mean, I always say this, I, I would do it ad-free anyway because I don't really like adverts on podcasts and that would make me feel a little dirty. And you don't want me you don't want me sounding like I feel dirty. Well, well some of you might, but I'm, I'll judge you if you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it justifies my decision not to th- whack adverts in the middle of or at the beginning and ends of these uh and yeah three pounds a month is all it takes that's the lowest tier that gets you pretty much everything which is early access to podcasts happy times and places is six months ahead currently so there's far more uh in patronville than there are uh currently available online on itunes and all the various outlets uh and too much information is about six weeks ahead uh probably usually a couple of episodes ahead uh, and uh, indefinable magic too usually one or two episodes and maybe a month or so ahead and there's also far too much information which is a podcast uh, that's the sister podcast of too much information which adds even more arcana into the mix and that is only for patrons that is exclusive as are the monthly amas and a few other bits and bobs and in fact i recently raided my uh, cassette archive and unearthed a missing Doctor Who related radio broadcast, a Radio 4 tribute to Patrick Troughton done by Jack May off of the Space Pirates and uh, so uh, patrons actually got to hear some missing material that has since been returned to the uh, BBC archive but I didn't know it was missing uh, one of my lovely patrons pointed that out. So there's all sorts of stuff going on in Patreonville and you get three releases a week generally now sometimes it's only something that's a couple of minutes long but uh, it's you know I keep churning it out. Churning's a terrible word. That sounds awful, doesn't it? I keep crafting it at a hell of a pace. Uh, so that's all at patreon.com forward slash Toby Uh You can also do uh, the Kofi thing, which is just sort of chucking me a few quid every now and again without having to commit my, to a monthly thing. It means you don't get any of the, you know, the early stuff or any of that business but it's a way of contributing if if and when you feel which is also again the modern way of doing things and i am grateful and i'm aware that i'm sounding increasingly like the, the cap in my hand is getting bigger and bigger and more more vocal you don't get vocal caps the words are echoing around it the metaphor's not important um but what is important is that uh, in these times uh of change <laughs> it's uh it's no longer true that any of us have all that much money. So I totally understand if you, uh, you know, you want to get these for free off the Internet. That's how it works these days. But what you can do to help with that is to go to where you get them, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and leave a five star review. It's really important. Those five star reviews really do help the algorithms uh, and a few positive words of review to entice people to add to the listenership, because obviously um, you know, the more people are listening, the uh, the more it justifies the, you know, the, the work and the uh, fact that it's 52 minutes past one uh, and I'm recovering from the flu, but I need to get this out and I need to do it nicely. Uh, so it justifies all of that. And I am very grateful. So, yeah, 
Patreon, Ko-fi, or just nice words on the internet. One, two, or all three of those things, extremely gratefully appreciated. And I'm on Twitter at Toby Haydoke. Uh, these podcasts have their own feed at Haydoke Podcasts. And you can follow my comedy club at XS Malarkey, an X, an S, the word Malarkey, M-A-L-A-R-K-E-Y, which is a comedy club in Manchester. I've just come back from there tonight, actually. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, it's every Tuesday at 8pm in Manchester at the Breadshed. We have a, an online presence, uh, twitch.tv forward slash XS Malarkey, but we haven't been doing new shows online recently because uh, there's a lot going on. But if you have friends in Manchester, or if you're passing through Manchester and you like live comedy, uh, XS Malarkey is the place to be. <laughs> Of course, uh, as I record this, I'd forgotten to say anything. Um, this is the this is the first post Jodie Whittaker recording for Happy Times and Places. I did episode one uh, on I think the Friday before, uh, maybe a little bit earlier than that before the Sunday showing. This is the Tuesday after that Sunday showing. So we've just got a new diamond logo today. They've just had. Uh, uh, I've just released footage of uh, Shuti Gatwa sort of answering some basic questions about Doctor Who and proving to be um, soulful and enthusiastic and humble and charming and, and just very, very doctorish and also a, a, announcing uh, an affiliation with Disney Plus where uh, Doctor Who is now going to be uh, worldwide. So lots of exciting developments, but it's nice watching a Diamond logo because it, it seems to me that Horror Fang Rock is a confluence of, you know, great Doctor costume, you know, great atmosphere. It's, it's just before the Graham Williams era kicks in, and production-wise, the the series seems to slightly come apart at the seams. So it's uh, it still has the sort of Hinchcliffe, you know, atmosphere and production values. Um, even though it wasn't shot first in the season, it doesn't and it doesn't matter anyway. That's how it feels. It feels like the shadow Hinchcliffe is casting a big a big shadow over it. Uh, and and uh, stylistically all of that stuff is great and i love that 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 title sequence and uh, that diamond logo has been dusted off for the diamond uh, jubilee and that has been announced today so uh, i've watched a great doctor who from the past while looking forward to you know this publicity that they start just feeding out just to keep the excitement going because they've got a year to do it as well a year to keep the flame burning but uh, you just know that they will and uh, uh, once again uh this show continues even though i'm 48 years old uh, uh you know i'm way beyond the kid that bought the horror fang rock from the castle bookshop uh whenever that must have been a long time ago and that was a thrill and an excitement and to have i'm pretty sure it was the first book i doctor who book i bought myself uh and yet it still connects with something in me that can get just that excited uh, about what is to come uh, even though we've got a year to wait but I know that they will uh, they will keep that excitement coming and you know when they can't you can listen to me wittering on about old Doctor Who in a cheerful way um, I'm sure there are better ways to spend your time but uh, but this this is available should you want it uh, I hope it does not prove to be unworthy of the diamond logo <laughs>